Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 170 with Greg Mercer of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I'm the CEO and host of this podcast and also Founder Magazine. Hope you're all having a wonderful evening, morning, good night, lunchtime, wherever you are around the world. I know we have quite a global audience. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to share your earbuds with me. And as always, if you're new to the Founder Podcast, we interview extremely successful startup founders that are either number one or two in their industry and have disrupted an industry with their business, with their startup in some way, shape or form. Now today's guest, his name is Greg Mercer and he runs a company called Jungle Scout. Now I'd heard of Greg uh, before we got in touch and he built a very, very big bootstrapped SaaS company. And uh, for those of you not familiar with SaaS, it's it's um, an acronym for Software as a Service. And that seems to be probably the hottest business model that uh, everyone seems to go after these days, where you build software and you charge a recurring revenue service usually to access that software. And it, the software tends to replace you know, a person in your company or, you know, it it does a job and one job really, really well. And what Greg's software does is allow you to identify niches and markets and hot products on Amazon. So Greg had a lot of success with selling products himself on Amazon. And there's a bit of a craze going on where people start businesses and make all sorts of crazy money and do insane things with Amazon, selling physical products on Amazon. Now, I'm not going to get into this any more than that, but uh, Greg shares a lot of gold on building a bootstrap SaaS company. It's it's growing ridiculously fast. I learned a lot of lessons myself as we look to build a SaaS product in the near future for Founder, which is something I've wanted to do for a very, very long time, which is really exciting for me. Anyways, let's not digress. So you're in for a treat with this episode. And I also just wanted to share that uh, we're actually doing a bit of a giveaway. So Greg wanted to do something really, really cool. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to be giving away 50 copies of Founder version 1.0. 
So for those of you that are not familiar, we produced a physical coffee table book that was uh, crowdfunded over Kickstarter uh, almost about a year ago now. Um, it's a beautifully designed print, color, coffee table book. It contains our greatest pieces of advice from you know interviewing a few hundred plus entrepreneurs, startup founders, some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. Anyways, if you'd love to grab a free copy of that, Greg's company, Jungle Scout, are doing a giveaway. And you can sign up and get a free copy. He's only got, you know, he's only got 50 copies to give away. And we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this podcast. So make sure you go there fast. Just go to Jungle Scout, J-U-N-G-L-E, Scout, S-C-U-S-C, out.com forward slash founder so it's junglescout.com forward slash founder and you'll be able to enter that giveaway to get a copy a free copy of the founder version 1.0 book i'm not sure how uh, greg's doing it but uh, that's where you need to go to be in the chance to get a free copy all right guys so that's it from me if you are enjoying these episodes please do take the time to leave us a five-star review it helps us more than you can imagine now let's jump into the show. So the first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? Great question. So if we rewind a little bit, I went to um college or university to be a civil engineer. I got a real job after I graduated college working as a civil engineer. wasn't fulfilled, wasn't happy. So I started selling on Amazon as kind of like a side hustle. as a way for me to try to escape the corporate world, get out on my own, replace my uh, engineering income with some, you know, money for my own businesses. Uh, I was doing that for a little while. It was going pretty well. I found like an opportunity in the software market, and that is how um, Jungle Scout was born. Was uh, out of a need for myself. So today I spend about ninety-five percent of my efforts on the software business, Jungle Scout. Uh, so that's kind of how I got to where I'm at today. Awesome. Yeah. Look. So. Jungle Scouts, um, it is quite a well-known company. Like I don't know anything about the Amazon space, but I have heard of you guys. I've seen your content around. So just walk me back before we get into that. Um, so you you said that uh, you know you got a you got a degree and you started started working and um, you had a little bit of a side hustle selling products on Amazon. How long ago was that? Yeah, so I quit my job um, about two and a half or three years ago now. So this wasn't too long ago. So I guess I graduated college, I think, in 2011. So that would be six years ago now. So I you know, I worked for a few years. I worked for, I think, probably like a year after I started my, we'll call it my real job, is when I started selling stuff on Amazon. And then right about the same time that I quit my job is when I started Jungle Scout. Yeah, got you. And um, what enticed you to start selling products on Amazon? Because this is a bit of a hot thing. E-commerce is 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 cranking right now. A lot of people want starting e-commerce businesses and stuff like that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I was to be completely honest. You know, I was like, I have had this entrepreneurial spirit my whole life, right? Like, I just wanted to do my own thing, and so I mean, every day I was just like googling, like, you know, like how to make money online, how to start a business, this, that, or the other thing, whatever. Um, so I, I think I tried a few different things and. One day I stumbled upon kind of um, kind of like private label type method for selling products on Amazon, which is like finding a factory in China, putting your private label, your brand on it, and then selling it. So after I learned how to do that, that like kind of vibed with me pretty well. I put up a couple of products. They started to do pretty well. So that's how I stumbled upon it was really just, you know, like how do I make money? How else can I – you know, there's got to be a better way besides working for the man. Mm, yeah, no. Awesome. So – when it comes to to Amazon and FBA, um, and I'm asking these questions because we've never talked about it before uh, with, with any of our guests. Um, how does it work? Like, you know, you can you can you can send products to Amazon. Can you walk people through that? Because then people can get a bit more of an understanding around how powerful Jungle Scout is as well. Yeah, that's a really good question. So this is like the beauty of the entire model is that through Amazon they have this program called FBA Fulfillment by Amazon. So you can mail products to them in bulk. They'll store them at their warehouses. And then when someone goes on Amazon and purchases something, they pick, pack, and ship the product. 
So this isn't like the eBay days where like you might have a garage full of stuff and whenever someone's orders something, you actually have to like go out there and pack it and uh, like ship it yourself, you know? So that's like, that's why this is like a really attractive business model to like, uh, like lifestyle entrepreneurs or, um, you know, maybe people trying to start a side hustle or just, you know, people who don't want to have to own their own warehouse and their own staff to like do all the kind of like, we'll call it like the grunt work, right? So that's how the FBA model works. So since Amazon is a really powerful sales channel and they'll pick, pack and ship the product for you, it's only up to you then to find products to sell on Amazon and kind of like set up the listing and do a few other uh, smaller things like that, like maybe uh, the the paid ads program through Amazon or some little things like that. Mm, I see. So it's, it's it's got a low barrier to entry, but a rabid market uh, and and marketplace and distribution channel. Absolutely. I mean, anyone listening to this who lives in the states knows. You know, it's like I can't even remember the, the last time I. You know, I ordered something online that wasn't through Amazon, right? Like I have a Prime membership. I yeah, literally wow. shop there probably like four days a week. <laughs> yeah, wow. and they, yeah, they have like something like you know over a hundred million Prime customers. You know, which is like a third of uh, the U.S. Right? So I mean, it's just it's very popular in North America as well as you know EU, and I guess it's coming to Australia like next month or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, awesome. So. Very, very interesting. One thing that, um, you know, uh, and, and I'm not saying this in a negative, please don't understand this. I'm not saying this in a negative connotation at all. I'm saying it from a business standpoint. One thing one of my mentors once taught me is um, during the gold rush, this is a, a mentor I met many years ago. He said during the gold rush period, when people were mining for gold, the people that made the, uh, you know, the most money were the ones that were selling the shovels. Sure. I've heard that many times. Yeah. And, um, you know, I look at what you're doing with Jungle Scout and I think it's genius because you've built this software to help people find profitable niches, right? Yep. So talk to me. Yeah. Like, let's talk about the software. So, so, you, so, you, like, I think it's genius. And I don't mean this in a negative connotation at all. I just think it's a very, very smart business model. So, um, and I applaud you for it, man, because, because, you know, obviously the results are showing and, and we can talk about more, more of those soon. But, um, so, so you, you know, you had your side hustle, presumably it was doing well, right? Like, um, what, what was the brand? Like, can you tell, can you tell me about the products you were selling? Yeah. So it was, it was doing pretty well. It was doing good enough that I had replaced my income as an engineer. So, I mean, that wasn't a ton, but it was like enough to live off. Right. And it was, so it was going well enough that my wife and I quit our jobs and sold all of our stuff and began to travel with just like one bag each. And this was like our source of income that we were living off of. So it was good enough for that. So yeah, my first products were in kind of like the lawn and garden and um, healthcare niches. So I had some stuff like a little stool to like kneel on while you garden and um, these like braces for people's uh, wrists. So something about Amazon that's kind of different than like starting your own e-commerce store is people aren't like going to your site and like expecting a brand with this like kind of like cohesive set of goods, right? People go to Amazon, they type in the search bar what they're looking for and they purchase it based off of, you know, what has the best pictures and reviews and price, etc. So you don't have to sell, you know, like I don't have to sell all products in the supplement niche. I don't have to sell all products that are like baby fabrics or whatever else, right? You can just sell a whole bunch of random stuff and it doesn't matter at all because these people are just going to the search bar and typing in exactly what they're looking for. So that's exactly what I had was a whole hodgepodge of just weird products. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us some of them out of curiosity? Yeah. So like the, the kneeling stool thing for the, the gardeners. Um, I also had like these cages that would go around like tomato plants. Like I said, the, a, a brace for your wrist. Um, so just like just different strange things like that. So you were traveling around the world, you live in the lifestyle dream, you know, the four hour kind of work week that we all read about and, and, um, you know, the, the, just a great lifestyle. So, so what happened next? Why, why wasn't it enough, bro? Like, tell me that. <laughs> Good question. Cause the whole reason, you know, for like, or like at the time I thought like, all right, I want to start this business so that, uh, this is what I can do. Right. I was mm. like, it sucks working for the man. I just read Tim Fer Ferriss's book. It's like, yeah. dude, I'm going to live the four hour work week. Life's going to be awesome. Yeah. Until like week two of traveling hit. And then I was like, I've never been so bored in my life, you know? Um, so 
that's when I wanted more. So it's like I, you know, I continued to grow my Amazon uh, physical products business. And, you know, I think like as a lot of like young entrepreneurs are, I had like this desire to just like try lots of different stuff. You know, I was listening to lots of podcasts, reading lots of uh, content on blogs, what have you. It seemed like there was all these like exciting opportunities and software was just always an area that I thought was like pretty like cool or hip or sexy or just like really like it was really attractive for me to try to get into software, but it has its own set of challenges. I wasn't a developer. I didn't know anything about managing developers or anything about coding. Um, I wasn't even a good digital marketer. So it's like, okay, I have zero, you know, skills to help me with a software company, but I want to try it anyway. So that's when, um, like the large, the biggest difficulty I had at that time with my physical products business with Amazon was finding the right products to launch. Cause as I was kind of talking about earlier, you, you know, I don't have to sell baby shirts and baby pants and baby hats and something like that. It could just be a whole bunch of random stuff. So I was like, how do I go about finding, you know, these opportunities of just random items that are going to do well on Amazon? So I had a set, you know, a, a type of criteria. However, it was very like laborious and time consuming to kind of like go through this criteria. And so that's when I was like, there has to be a better way. I couldn't find any existing software. I was like, all right, this might be my chance to kind of like get into the software game. If nothing else, you know, it'd be a good learning experience for me. So that's, that's how I, uh, yeah, I got into it. Yeah. So, so how, why, why, why this idea in particular, did you validate it? Can you tell me about that? Can we go a little deeper? Yeah, no doubt. So I did not. Okay. So I, at the time I didn't have much, um, extra capital, right? So, um, and my Amazon business was doing well, it was profitable and it is very capital intensive. So I'm lots ordering lots of inventory, right? Mm. So, you know, it's like, I don't have too much money to spend on this business. I don't want to get too distracted with, I want to stay focused on what's working. So I can only, I don't want to devote a little bit of time and money to this. So like I set my budget to a thousand dollars and I was like, um, I'm going to make a very stripped down, very crude version. I'm going to do like the best I can for a thousand bucks. And at that point I'm going to see if like anyone else likes it or anyone else will use it. So I found a, um, a developer that worked for pretty inexpensive. I, really stripped it down to the absolute bare minimum. I think he was charging like $10 an hour or something. So it's like whatever he could do in a hundred hours. So he built the first like MVP, right? The, the minimal viable product. I recorded a screen share of it. I kind of like passed out this, uh, or shared this link in a different, different like FBA communities I was in, like on Facebook or Reddit or whatever else. And I got pretty good response from it. So I just, you know, I set up like a simple, um, uh, opt-in page. I said, Hey guys, like I'm thinking about, you know, releasing this. If this looks like you're, you know, if you're could be interested in this at all, let me know and your email here. And I was really surprised just from like that one video, I captured like a hundred emails in the first few days. And that was kind of my launch list. Yeah. Interesting. So can you talk us through the, the concept and how you found out the, like came to conceive the idea for Jungle Scout and, and exactly how the first MVP, like the, the, you know, the first beta version MVP worked? Like yeah, what, no what doubt. It did? So, yeah, exactly. So what I was doing at the time to try to choose these products to sell on Amazon is I had a spreadsheet and I would put different pieces of information on this spreadsheet. So I put like the name of the product. I would put, I would estimate how many units it was selling every month. I would, um, put like the retail price, the price after Amazon fees, just like some other metrics like that, that are important to try to understand whether it's a good opportunity or a good product to sell or not. Okay. Yes. So this was the very time consuming process because you know, it's, it was like more or less data entry, right? I'm like taking pieces of data off Amazon, putting them in spreadsheets. I had like some crude algorithms to like try to figure out how many units were selling each month. But um, more or less, it's just like copy and paste data and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is something that software can very, very easily do. So the first version of Jungle Scout, it's it was a Chrome extension. We still have a Chrome extension today, but it was a Chrome extension, which in themselves are relatively simple, you know, tools. And it, when you looked at it, it looked more or less like a spreadsheet, right? There was table, there was rows and columns with this data. So you'd like go to an Amazon page, you would click the little Jungle Scout extension button. It was more or less like a table that popped up that already had, you know, that would populate all this data like in a few seconds instead of taking you like an hour to fill out a spreadsheet. 
And that was um, that's all it was. Yeah. Wow. And can you fast fast forward us now to what it is today and and how successful the company is in in the space of two and a half years? Yeah. So we still sell a Chrome extension. It's still one of our most popular tools. Um, it's come a long ways since then, but it's still like built on that same premise as you go to an Amazon page, you click the button and it gives you a whole bunch of information that you need to know to figure out whether that'd be a good opportunity, uh, to sell in. Um, we've also built a, um, a web application that's priced like a more traditional SaaS product on a monthly recurring basis. So yeah, and it's gone really well. We we're almost at a hundred thousand paying customers. So I think we had like 96 or 97,000 paying customers. So we're uh, yeah, just wow. about that hundred K mark. And yeah, so it's, it's grown really rapidly with the teams about, uh, more or less 35 people. We have a remote team and yeah, just growing quickly. It's fun. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And when you say almost a hundred thousand customers, that's on recurring. So about two thirds of those customers are on recurring payments. About a third only purchased the extension. Yeah, wow. Still, that's incredible. Like in terms of growth, that's 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 very impressive. So, talk to me around what happened next once you built that little. You know, you you promoted like this little Chrome extension, and 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 you thought you were onto something. You only had a thousand dollars. Like, how did you make the big moves to get it to where it is now in in a very short period of time? Because yeah. that's where the, the art sure. lies. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, like looking back, I've kind of like identified some of the things that I think is um, reason for the success that we've had. I wish I was, could tell you that I was like smart enough that these were like all strategic plans. <laughs> I'd say, I say like a lot of it, I got pretty lucky. So sure. So like, you know, I had 100, pers- 100 people on my email kind of like launch list, right? So I emailed it out to them. I set up just a one page. It was just like, you can go back and like internet archives and look at it. It was like the most terrible page ever. It's super embarrassing, but it worked. And out of those hundred people I emailed, I think I had like 10 or 11 sales or something. So that's, that's like pretty good, right? I email a hundred people, 10 people buy it. It was like one time price, like 67 bucks. But at this point I like almost made back my thousand bucks. And I, you know, if nothing, if worst case scenario, I had a tool that I wanted to use. I was pretty stoked with. Thankfully it turned out better than that. But, um, from there, I was like, okay, like this is pretty good validation. You know, I post a YouTube video. I get at least 100 people interested enough that they enter their email address. Of those 100 people, 10% conversion rate, which is pretty good. I was like, so that was like enough validation for me to try to continue on, like take it further. So at that point, um, I needed, you know, I was like, okay, I, I need to improve upon this product. It's pretty crude, buggy, embarrassing at this point. And I also need to figure out how to, um, grow my reach. Right. But as we spoke about earlier, you know, I'm not a programmer. I had no digital marketing experience. So that I think those, the next few months after that was a time that I felt like pretty like lost and confused, you know, cause it's like, I was just like trying to read as much as I can figure out, you know, how to drive traffic to a site. So if you're kind of like a newbie and you're doing that, it's really overwhelming. Cause you'll read one thing. It's like, Oh no, you need to be doing Instagram ads, you read the next thing. It's like, Oh no, you need to be doing this and that. And like, you know, a hundred different channels. So it's really tough. Like I think as like a young entrepreneur to know like what to focus on. So I think during that time I just did a whole bunch of things really poorly. You know, like I tried to set up Facebook ads, but uh, it was terrible. I tried to, um, build out some content on my blog, but like I'm a pretty poor writer. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, me too. The one, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like I'm like halfway decent, but it's like pulling teeth to try to get me to write. So that's like, you know, that's not a good channel for me. Um, so one thing that was working for me is out of those like first 10 people, someone in there, I think was, uh, all they did have was just like a Facebook group with like whatever, five, 10,000 people in it. And they were like, Whoa, this is really cool. It had something in there that estimated it's, I mean, it still does, but it, I, it was estimating how many units any product on Amazon was selling on a monthly basis. So it was kind of like my secret sauce that everyone loved is, um, before you were kind of like going in blind, you had no idea how much like demand these niches had, but with jungle scout now it was telling you like, Hey, this product's selling 200 units a month, this product's selling a thousand units a month. So that was like, that's super valuable information for someone doing kind of like, you know, product research, market intelligence type stuff. So mm. the owner of this Facebook group loved that. And he's like, he was like, Hey, will you do a, a webinar? Like, um, for my audience, 
he didn't even have an email list or anything, but he was like, Hey, I'm just going to like promote it in my Facebook group. I'll hop on there. You know, you can just kind of like demo at this. I didn't even have like an affiliate program or anything. He was just like, I love it so much. I just want to, you know, help you get the word out. So I did that webinar and it went well. I think I got like 10 or 15 more sales out of the, I don't know, hundred or 200 people or something that saw it. So that was like my first kind of like win of a marketing channel that was that I was at least halfway decent at and converted well. So then, you know, looking back, I wish, you know, I think I was still pretty like unfocused, like trying all kinds of stuff. Looking back, you know, if I were to give some advice to myself two and a half years ago, it'd been like really just focus on the webinars, trying to get in front of other people's audiences, because that's a really good way to get your product and your brand out there when you're just starting out and you don't really have any like audience or email list of your own. So that's, that's pretty much how I got from like zero to, I'd say like a thousand customers was just through education about finding products to sell on Amazon and more specifically using our tool to do so. And I was doing those webinars for other people's audiences. Yeah, no, I think that's a smart strategy. A lot of SaaS companies do that. And a lot of actually service-based or info product companies do that as well. We've had a lot of successful webinars as well. So I'm curious, at what point did you move to recurring and do the product, like, um, you know, add more features and, and cause you said you've got a few different tools. When did you add more tools and, and, and how did you do that with your like developers? When did you hire your first developer? Talk, talk me through that part. Pretty much like that first year I was reinvesting like every dollar that we we're generating in revenue back into the tool to improve it. So, um, that original developer that I hired to the extension, he was still working on the extension and then let's see. So I launched the extension in February of 2015 and I launched our web app for Jungle Scouts, I think in October of 2015. So I mean, that would have meant that I hired uh, a different developer built the MVP of our web app. I, th- I guess I would have hired him summer of 2015. So that would have been like, I don't know, four or five months later or something. So I think, um, you know, I was doing the extension. Everyone was saying, you know, like the the holy grail of software is like the recurring, uh, you know, charges with SaaS. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I really need to set something up. I don't know if if a Chrome, you know, at the time I was telling myself like a Chrome extension wasn't like worthy of uh, like a recurring payment, which that's probably not true. I mean, if you give someone enough value, they don't mind, you know, paying for something over and again. But um, the one time payment was good for cash flow from the Chrome extension, collecting all the money up front. And then, you know, that's what I was using to build the, the web app, which is, they're a lot more difficult to build. Uh, I think probably a higher skill sets required. So, you know, it costs a lot of money to pay developers to build something like that. Mm, so what did you price the Chrome extension at? The very first one was priced at 67 bucks. And um, if you were going on our site right now, we have like two versions. One's 100 bucks, one's 200 bucks. They're still one-time fees. Yeah, got you. And you use that to fuel the cash flow to build the web app, which the web app's recurring. That's correct. And, you know, for anyone like listening to this podcast right now, I think that's like looking back, you know, like I said, I think I've identified some steps. That was like one of the best decisions I've ever made without consciously making it is to try to, you know, like, like I said, I haven't taken on any outside funding. So instead of trying to take on outside funding, a really good way to generate cash and to build an audience is to try to sell, you know, some kind of just like one time um, purchase, whether that be an info product or a simple piece, uh, you know, like a simple Chrome extension or something else. You know, if I look at some other just, you know, bootstrap SaaS companies in the space, a lot of them kind of like got their foundation that way. Like, you know, Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels comes to mind or uh, Laura Roeder with, you know, Meet Edgar. They kind of did the same thing, right? Because it helps you build an audience and generate that cash to build a web app, which which they're expensive. Yeah, no, that's, that's I think it's a really smart strategy. Mixing, um, also mixing info products with SaaS uh, using, using also physical products into the mix as well can be very, very powerful. Um, I agree, no doubt. So coming back to it, how did you come up with the idea for the web app? Because that sounds like a massive winner. Well, it is a massive winner as well. So so how did you, how did you work out that one? Yeah, so early on, I was, and actually still today, like forever through Jungle Scout's history, I've always communicated with customers a lot. So, you know, like I said, I've been doing a lot of, you know, I've, for Jungle Scouts history, I've done a ton of webinars. So through that, you know, you're communicating through the chat box. 
Um, I talk to a lot of our customers. So pretty much everything that we've built and developed is, you know, from customers like wants and needs and suggestions. So with the Chrome extension, you know, I was asking everyone like, what else would you like to see? What can I do differently? This, that, and the other thing. And what I was getting were a lot of features that re weren't really suitable for a Chrome extension. It just wasn't technically possible to do that through just the Chrome extension. So, you know, I was making a list of all this stuff that the people want and, you know, like two thirds of my list, it technically wasn't possible with the Chrome extension. So those got, you know, bucketed off on a different section. And then those were the early features of the web app. Yeah. Got you. And how did you accelerate growth? Because, you know, you're, I like, um, you know, you, you guys are generating tens of millions of, of revenue annually now in a very, very short time. Like this is an extremely fast growth company. Um, like, like how, how did you grow it so fast? What happened next? You launched the web app. Like, like how have you, how have you just, you know, just poured so much gasoline on the fire? The marketing channel that I'd say like works best for us today and what has for the past year and a half or so is our content marketing, but more specifically, um, like our case studies and our really like high end content. In 2016, we did a big case study where we, so I guess in the Amazon space, especially with these private label stuff, no one likes to like share what products they're selling because, you know, uh, because of copycats. So there's like, you know, courses like teaching people how to do this, but like no one, like no one's transparent about what products they're selling. So we launched a case study like the beginning of 2016. We sold bamboo marshmallow sticks called Jungle Sticks. You can find it on Amazon right now. They did really well. And we did like a webinar every week where we documented building this whole physical products company. I mean, it was just one product and it did really well. It sold like $200,000 in 2016. We donated all the money to charity. So we donated oh, wow. like $52,000 to Doctors Without Borders. And that um, case study got a ton of publicity. And I think, you know, for the philanthropic purposes, but more so just because it was so like educational and helped people so much. So that worked like really well for us in 2016. The beginning of 2017, we launched a new case study. It's called the Million Dollar Case Study. Um, so this time we're starting growing and building a physical products business to a million dollars in revenue. And same thing, we're doing it. We won't be able to do it in a year. And that wasn't our target either. We're just, the case study is going to last till we hit a million bucks in revenue. Yep. And then same thing, we're donating all the money this time to Pencils of Promise. So like our goal is to build five schools in developing countries through the profits of um, selling these products in the case study. So it's something, you know, that's like really like the word of mouth marketing from that case study alone is like remarkable, you know, because it's like that's something that's like exciting, right? You get to like watch over someone's shoulder as they build a business to a million bucks. Um, that's something that's, you know, it's pretty like cool and exciting. So we get a lot of, you know, friends telling their friends about it and brothers and sisters and everything else. And I think that's led to a lot of our um, really rapid growth this year. Mm, and you do like um, uh, monthly revenue reports and stuff. People love that stuff. Oh, yeah. So they, so we do, you know, a weekly webinar. So it's like Million Dollar Wednesdays. Uh, I do a weekly live webinar where, you know, we're taking the next step of building this business. So I share the sales. Like people love following along with that, right? And seeing how many units I sold that week and like what's working. Uh, they love sharing, you know, the failures and like the hiccups and the road bumps along the way too. Yeah, that's genius because the tools that you use to find these business ideas is Jungle Scout. Absolutely. And it all links back. That's genius. I love it. Awesome. So you're 100% remote, which I find very, very fascinating because, dude, we tried that. Like we had like a little bit hybrid and it didn't work. So now we're pretty much all in Melbourne. Um, we do have a few people remote um, but very uh -huh. refined roles. Um, doing all remote, how, how do you how do you manage that, man? You're 35 people. Yeah, it's a good question. Um it, it actually has worked pretty well for us. Um, you know, I think like the productivity and like the organization of our team was, is just as higher, higher than if we were all in the same place. So I'm pretty happy with, uh, kind of like how it's been going as far as managing it, you know, at this size, now we kind of have a level of, you know, like managerial staff below me. So one, you know, that was kind of like a difficult transition for me to go from me managing everyone to me managing managers. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we communicate on Slack and Google Hangouts. 
We do all of our work in the clouds, so all of our project management's on Trello. We all use Google Docs. I, each department's like a little bit different on how they kind of like they set up goals and achieve those and what have you. We do meetups twice a year or like two or three times a year where we fly everyone into the same destination. So actually at the end of next month, we're going to Budapest. And so everyone will be flying and meeting there. So that's like really cool too because everyone gets to meet and uh, get to know each other in real life. And that's also like a great opportunity to kind of like align the company and set, you know, goals for the next four or six months. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know exactly, but it seems to be working pretty well for us. Yeah, that's awesome. And you plan by the year when you sit down and do your, you say probably like January, you do like a, you know, an offsite with your whole team, you know, 35 people, you fly them to one location and you plan out the whole year. Yeah. Not the whole year. We just kind of plan out the next, you know, keep in mind the company's like two and a half years old. So I guess we've only met up like five times or so, yeah. but um, we just kind of plan what we're going to do for the next like four or six months until we meet up again. And of course there's lots of communication in between there too, right? That's just a time for everyone to get like aligned on the bigger goals or the, you know, like kind of the bigger missions. Mm, yeah. Okay. Awesome. And man, I have to say like, you know, this is, this is an incredibly fast growing company, great product, uh, very smart execution, uh, strong execution on marketing as well, uh, and and you know incredible success for your first SaaS product. Most people fail when it comes to their first business. Building a SaaS product is, I believe, you know something we eventually you know we're not ready for it, but one day at Founder we want to build a SaaS product. Um, and you know even still that that scares me a little bit because people say always how difficult it is. Everyone wants to build a SaaS product. Um, what I'm really curious around, and you've you've not only done that, but you've you've grown it in incredibly fast rate. What I'm really curious around is how did you learn? Like, do you have mentors um, that are teaching you, or or you just winging it? Like, tell me about that, man. <laughs> Good question. Um, listen to a you know, like I I would say I spend probably uh, I don't know, like 20 hours a week, kind of like learning. So whether that be podcasts or books or just like reading blogs. Um, a few hours every day is just devoted to like trying to learn, right? So that's like my main source of learning. I have a couple mentors that are pretty good and have helped me out quite a bit. I'd say another kind of like key thing that's happened is I think I've gotten like really lucky in the hiring, especially like of like the more like senior like managerial type positions. I guess I recognized early on that, you know, like I wasn't very smart with like marketing. I obviously like knew nothing about development and stuff. So I wasn't shy to hire someone like that was way smarter than me, you know, like senior, like I knew I was going to have to pay him a lot of money. But, at, you know, at that point, it's like, you know, I have like a proven product. You know, I think it's worth it. Even if these guys cost a ton of money just to, uh, you know, make sure I'm getting someone in here, like in this role that's much smarter than I am. So, yeah, I mean, that's the gist of it. Yeah, man, you make it sound so simple, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So, when it comes to hiring, let's talk about that. Like, um, sure. As as a leader, you know, uh, do you hire on co like values? Uh, um, um, how are you finding talent? What's your process? Talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it kind of varies a little bit by department. So, for developers, developers are very difficult good developers are very difficult to find, right? That's a very high in high demand job right now. Um, they get paid a lot of money. So that's like the most challenging role to hire. So, um, early on, you know, the first developer I hired to build the jungle scout web app, thankfully he had a very good network. He lives in Vancouver. He thankfully had a very good network in Vancouver of like other developers. So, the first, uh, let's see, four or five developers we hired were of people in his network that we were able to get, we were able to convince to quit their jobs and start working for Jungle Scout. So, and that's actually, as far as developers go, we've hired all of our developers based off of referrals from other developers. So, you know, like we'll ask like who else they know. So yeah, that that's kind of how we've, you know, been going. I guess I think we have 10 or 11 developers now and that we've hired all of them through recommendations of our other developers. As far as our other roles go, as marketing roles, we've had good success on AngelList. I think like half our marketing team we've hired off there. The other good spot we've had for hiring people is actually just our email list. 
So we'll just, you know, like customer support roles and we've hired marketing people this way. Actually one, I, I lied. One developer we hired through emailing our, uh, list. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's worked out pretty well for us. So angel list for marketing people, referrals for developers and, uh, yeah, just our community and email list for the other positions. Mm, I see. And can you talk us through the hiring process, the kind of person that you're looking for and the steps that you have to go through to find the right person? Yeah. So we look for people that have had remote work experience before or that we can tell are very kind of like self-driven and self-motivated where they don't need a lot of oversight. I think that's that's really key when you're a remote company is hiring someone like that kind of, you know, fits that certain set of criteria. Yeah, I would say like that's key for even even like, you know, when you when you have a HQ in in one location, you don't want to micromanage someone because that's you don't get as much leverage, right? Yeah, I guess those are important traits on <laughs> like any uh, employee, right? Yeah, yeah. The only thing I'll say is like at least if you have like an HQ, like these people are coming in, you know they're at least sitting in front of the computer eight hours a day, right? So like you, you're kind of helping them out that way. I mean we don't like have hours where people are clocking in, clocking out. It's all very much like performance and amount of work you get done. So you know it, I think it's very important to have like uh, traits that kind of match that criteria, right? Yeah, so 100%. One other thing that we do that I think – has worked out really well for us is we hire just about everyone on a, a trial period and the past like 10 hires or so we've actually done so with, um, if they're currently employed, we ask them to not quit their job and do the trial period while they're actually still working their old job. So, Oh wow. And how long does it last we, uh, for? Sorry to interrupt. It, yeah, it depends on the person, but usually about like two months. Mm. So for instance, like our latest marketing hire, she worked for a different company and um, we were pretty darn confident she was going to do well, but we asked her to work 20 hours a week for uh, eight weeks while she was still working her other job. And the reason I say while working your other job, A, if someone's like knocking out a bunch of high quality work while also working a full-time job, they're probably a pretty hard worker, right? Because that's like, you know, that's like quite a bit of load on their plate. Um, so that's kind of like one thing we've learned from it. And the other reason is we found before that there was, you know, like there was one experience where this person had like a 60-day trial, but they did quit their job and they're working for us for 60 days. At the end of 60 days, we ended up like letting him go saying like, hey, we don't want to turn this trial into like a full-time position. But it was a super difficult decision for us to make because we felt like you know, like that it was like almost assumed that it goes from like, you know, that you get the full-time job as long as you don't majorly screw up during that period. And it was kind of hard because mm. it's like she already quit her other job, right? She worked yeah. just for 60 days. Then it's like more or less getting fired even though it's a trial period. So we decided, you know, like if they keep their other job, they work for us 20 hours a week, then it's like, hey, like you didn't make it past. And we also call it an audition. Yeah. So it's like you didn't make it past the audition. You didn't, you never had a job, right? Yeah. And that way, like it's much easier for us to say like, nah, you're, you know, it's not working out. Whereas if they're working kind of like full time for you there to quit their job, like you, I don't know, maybe the people other like, like hardened, like businessmen more than I am, but I was like, feel bad. You know, it's like, all right, I think we should just keep them on. Cause like we're on the fence or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's the right thing to do. I think that's, yeah, that's good, man. I like that. So yeah, the, the trial period I think has worked really well for us because there have been, you know, our audition, there have been a few people that didn't make it through that. Um, and we're, we're like pretty strict on it. Like you, like you need to wow us during this audition. If you're like, man, they'll probably be fine. Then, you know, then you don't get a full-time job. So yeah, that, that'd be my, uh, kind of a few tips for people. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, and what about values? Do you hire on values? You know, we don't have like a formal like set of values kind of like written out that we specifically like yeah like live by or specifically gauge questions around. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I like to think I can like get a pretty good idea of people after you know a few interviews and like working with them for two months um, to kind of like gauge their values. But yeah, I can't say like I can't read off a few values that we specifically you know have written down and specifically look for. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um. All right. So what's next? What's, what's, what's the ambitions for the future of Jungle Scout for the next few years? Yeah, great question. So, um, we actually, over the past year, year and a half now, we launched a couple other SaaS products for Amazon sellers. So one's called Fetcher. It's like an accounting tool. 
Uh, the other one's called Jump Send, which is like email automation for Amazon sellers. So if you would have asked me this question a year and a half ago, I would have told you um, our strategy for growth is to like build more products for this audience and market that we're already, uh, you know, for the audience we already have in this market that we're pretty familiar with. But um, as of today, <laughs> I, um, I, don't, I don't quite feel the same way. Instead, I, or we are going to. We're really focused on just making Jungle Scout and our other tools the best that they can be. So I was, you know, once we expanded into building like a couple different tools, you know, like we lose focus on Jungle Scout a little bit. It's easy, you know, it's like maybe get, you know, for to get distracted on them during that periods when we really had to like grow our team like pretty quickly to like realize like to keep up with it. So now we have like a good team. Where we can definitely like manage and make all those tools great. But I decided that it's best to really just like double down. Um, jungle scout is like, does generate like 80% of our revenue. So we devote most of like our effort and brain power to that. And yeah, my, my goal is really just to continue to grow it, continue to make it better, continue to put out like free resources and content that people love and share and yeah, just really double down on it. It's working. Yeah. I like that, man. And do you follow like uh, what the base camp guys, 37 signals? Cause, cause, um, I see a lot of similarities between both companies. Yeah, that, so I was actually, man, I was just telling my um, my marketing man, I was just talking to him about this like a few weeks ago, right? Because like Basecamp had Basecamp and then th of course they crushed it. It was amazing. And then, right, they split into like a few different products, um, had 37 Signals as their parent company. And then what, like a year or two ago, they decided like to get rid of those and focus on Basecamp, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and they're 100% so yeah. remote too. Yep. Yeah, 100% remote too. A really cool company. So yeah, I, I follow along them. Um, actually, Rework's like probably my favorite book. That's like uh, Jason Freed wrote that. So yeah, I follow along with those guys. Um, yeah. Interesting. And one question before we work towards wrapping up. Um, why why more products and not just double down on, on the extremely fast growth that you have for the couple of products that you have? Why, why more? Uh, do you think that you've hit market saturation and there's – there's a ceiling there for this market. Is that, is that why, or I think that those were my thoughts at the time I was thinking like, I, you know, I don't know how big this market is. What if we've kind of saturated it pretty quickly? Th those are my worries at the time. And uh, to be completely honest, I think I was probably just like a little bit like cocky, like, Oh man, like I must be like the greatest SAS builder in the world. Like I'll just <laughs> pump out a bunch and they'll all do amazing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, um, you know, so that, that was kind of like my idea at the time. And then, yeah, since then I've realized, you know, like even just with Jungle Scout alone, that's a huge market because not only are we appealing and not only is it a super valuable tool for people who are already selling on Amazon, but also anyone who wants to get into Amazon. And, you know, like the more people we educate about how good of an opportunity selling on Amazon is, that just grows kind of like the potential market size that much more. So I, I don't think we'll hit like that ceiling anytime, you know, in the near future. Mm. So, so now your thoughts just to simplify a bit more and, and focus and double down. Yeah, absolutely. So and we're by no means like getting rid of like our other two products. We're still like improving them. They're all great products. We get great feedback and everyone, you know, like loves them as well. But we, we are doing things to kind of like simplify, for example, like, you know, we just came up with a new design for our knowledge base, but that same design can be used across all three apps. Right. So there's some, there is some like kind of like economies of scale type things with that. So we're, we're more so like doing those things to make sure that, you know, like we can, I guess simplify maybe like our processes, like we can do work, uh, one time that kind of like can, you know, uh, help out all three different apps. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Awesome. Love it. So, um, do you think just one last question, do you think that, you know, because you have three, three to four tools, uh, software tools that that solve separate problems do you think one day that you'll bundle them all into a recurring or you think you'll keep them fairly separate this is something we've kind of been struggling with and we've been talking a lot about the past six months and it also um you know kind of like brand strategy around it right like do we have like a parent brand do we do like oh this is fetcher by jungle scout like do we do that thing do we do like the Atlassian thing where Atlassian's not even a product they just have a bunch under that so these are all good questions that we don't have an answer for. There's, uh, it's something we kind of often talk about. There's like pros and cons of each and yeah, something I, I don't know yet. I'm still going to have to, and we've even tried to hire, you know, kind of like consultants to like help us on these things, but it's, um, 
that's like a pretty like huge decision that's really hard to like reverse once you make. So for now, I'm just putting off that decision for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Enough. All good. It's too scary. I'm gonna put that off till next year. <laughs> <laughs> what are you leaning towards though? Um, <laughs> I think we're leaning towards um, being able to bundle them. So you know, it, it's a fair amount of technical work. It's also it's potentially a confusion for people like when they're buying a product, you know, like, do I just need this? Wait, do I need the whole bundle? Now that I'm looking at the whole bundle, maybe I can't really afford this. Um, so yeah, there, there's some things like that. Yeah. Overwhelmed. So there's some things like that we need to figure out. Mm. Yeah. And it's one thing that, like you said, if you do, you can't go back. It's hard to test, right? Yeah. Like how do you test that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can. Yeah. So you could only just survey your best customers really. Right. And also prospective right. ones. Sure. Mm. Yeah. So that's, um, like I said, it's a tough decision. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, man, this has been an incredible conversation. So, um, we'll work towards wrapping up, uh, last question. Where's, uh, the place that people can find out more about yourself and jungle scout. And we are actually running a giveaway, as well, we've uh, decided to team up and run a giveaway together, uh, Founder and Jungle Scouts. Uh, so we're giving away 50 copies of Founder version 1.0, which collectively is a beautifully designed coffee table book with our best interviews and timeless insights, actionable items that we've acquired from you know some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, Richard Brands and Ariana Huffington. list goes on. Uh, so we've got 50 books we're giving away for free. Uh, where where do we want to send? Where do people have to go to to you know be one of the first? Is it the first fifty or, or how are we doing it? Yeah, guys, if you want to be eligible to win one of these books, you can go to junglescout.com/slash/founder, and there'll be instructions on that page um, how you can be eligible to win one of these. And yeah, if you want to find out more about me or just Jungle Scout in general, I would recommend just checking out uh, junglescout.com. On there, we have tons and tons and tons of free resources. Even if you never buy anything, it's probably like the best source of information and educational content that you can come across on the web for selling stuff on Amazon. So I'd recommend you check it out. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Greg. This has been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation, man. Nathan, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Take care. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.